السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمدللہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم اهد قلبي وسدد لساني واسرل سخيمه قلبي امين يا رب العالمين Okay, so inshallah today we will begin a new chapter, a new kitab, which is going to be about Kitabus Sahu. The name of the book is Kitabus Sahu. As-Sahu means forgetfulness. So Kitabus Sahu refers to, inshallah in this book we'll be talking about what to do when you forget to do something in salah. Or because of forgetfulness, you make a mistake. Now generally, we know that we're supposed to perform sajdatu sahu, correct? When you make a mistake in salah, isn't it? But when do you perform sajdatu sahu? In which situations do you perform it? And in which situations do you not perform it? Like for example, if you are praying salah, you are in your qiyam, and you forget to say ameen, do you have to perform sajdatu sahu? Or let's say, you forget to say suratul fatiha. Do you have to perform sajdatu sahu? You forget to do rukur. Do you have to perform sajdatu sahu? You forget an entire rak'ah. Do you only perform sajdatu sahu? And if you do perform sajdatu sahu, when do you perform it? Before the salam or after the salam? Hmm? And then what if you forget to perform sajdatu sahu? Then what do you do? We all have these questions and we all have these situations where we find ourselves in some confusion, we are not clear as to what exactly we are supposed to do. So I hope inshallah in today's class, a lot of these issues will become clear to us so that we can perform our salah with even more perfection. Because remember that iqamatu salah, performing the salah correctly, includes performing every part of the prayer properly. And if we forget to perform a certain part of the prayer properly, then we must fix it also. Right? So this is all part of iqamatu salah. Now, first things first, what does the word sahu mean? The word sahu is from the root seen how wow, and it means forgetfulness, to forget something. But remember that saha an, like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ So, saha an is to be heedless about something, to be neglectful about something, to be unmindful. And this is something that is blameworthy. Right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَوَيْلٌ Woe to such people. Correct? Those who are neglectful of their prayers, meaning they don't pay attention to the times of the prayer, so they don't pray, they miss their prayer, or they completely delay it from its proper time. So this is something that is blameworthy. Here we're talking about saha bi, which is to forget something. So saha bi kada means nisyan. It means to forget something. And this is something that is very natural. It happens because we're human beings and we forget. And this happened to the Prophet ﷺ also. That due to forgetfulness, he did miss out some parts of the prayer. 
And later on, when he was informed about it, he fixed the prayer and he informed the people that I am a human being just like you. So I forget just as you forget. So if he could forget, we can also forget. Isn't it? Now one of the last hadith that we read in the previous chapter was that when a person begins the prayer, then who comes to him? Shaitan comes to him. And shaitan tells him, remember this and remember that. And of course, because of this reason, you forget what you were saying. You forget to say what you're supposed to say. You leave parts of salah. You can add something by mistake to salah. So this happens. Because we are, after all, human beings. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His mercy, has also taught us how to mend our mistakes. How to fix our mistakes. And remember that this is with everything in life. That no matter what mistake you made, there is always a way to fix it. There is the door of tawbah. There is the door of repentance. There is the way of islah, of reformation. So even when you make a mistake in salah, can you fix it? Yes, you can. You don't quit over there. Generally, our reaction is that if we're doing something and we make a mistake, we get frustrated with ourselves and we're like, you know what, forget it. I'm done. I'm not even going to try it again. Right? But what does this teach us? Sajdatus Sahu teaches us that it is natural to forget and when you do forget, you should just fix your mistake. Right? And you see how beautiful it is. What is Sajdatus Sahu? That you perform sajda at the end of salah. Either before the salam or after it. You perform two sajda. Isn't it? You turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You humble yourself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is exactly how you fix your mistakes. No matter how big of a mistake it is, the way to fix it is that you turn back to Allah azza wa jal. You humble yourself before Him and you beg Him for forgiveness. Now, with respect to salah, how do you fix your prayer? By performing sajdatu sahu. Now, the question is that when exactly do you perform sajdatu sahu? You perform sajdatu sahu when you inadvertently, meaning unintentionally, you add something to the prayer or you miss something of the prayer or you are in doubt about a certain part of the prayer. So you see there are three situations. What are they? That either you are adding something to the prayer by mistake. Can you give me an example of that? You added a car. You were supposed to sit for tashahud and you just got up and as you're saying Surah Al-Fatiha, you're like, oh my God, I was supposed to be sitting in tashahud. What am I doing? So you added a raka. Okay. The second thing is that you miss something, you leave something. Can you give me an example of that? Yes? So for example, you forget to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. From dua of istiftah, you go straight to the surah, right? And as you're reciting the surah, you wonder, did I even recite Surah Al-Fatiha? Or you forget one sajda. You went into the first sajda, and instead of sitting and then going into the next sajda, you just get up 
into your next rakah. So you can leave something out in salah also because of a mistake unintentionally. And the third thing is that you are in doubt about it. That you're not sure whether you performed something or you didn't. An example of that? Can you give me an example of that? Yes? Okay. You're not sure whether you performed three rakah or four rakah. So you're getting up from sajda and you're like, do I have to get up and stand in the fourth rakah? Or was this my fourth rakah and I have to sit in tashahud? Right? Things like that happen. So sajda sahu is relevant in these three situations. What are the three situations again? When you add something, miss something, or you are in doubt about something. Okay? But remember that it's not that everything that you are in doubt about, you have to perform sajda sahub for that. So for example, you're not sure whether you said subhana rabbiyal alim three times or four times. Right? Do you have to perform sajda sahub for that? No. You leave something by mistake. Like for example, you forgot to recite a surah. You just said ameen, it's your first rakah, and you went straight into rukur. You forgot to recite a surah. Do you have to perform sajdatul sahab over here? No. You see what's happening? So remember that for every addition, or for everything that you miss, or for every doubt, sajda sahu is not necessary. Sajda sahu is necessary in certain cases. So basically the question is, for which part of prayer do you have to perform sajdatul sahu? Meaning, which part, if you leave, or if you are in doubt about, or if you add to, do you have to perform sajdatul sahu? Is it for every part of the salah? No, it's not for every part of the salah. Because if it was for every part of the salah, it would be very difficult for us. We would be performing sajdatul sahu in every salah. Isn't it? So then the question is, for which part of prayer do you have to do sajdatul sahu? Now for that we have to know, about three things. Alright? We have to know about three things. We have to know about what are the arkan of salah, what are the wajibat of salah, and what are the sunan of salah. Okay? I'll go over this again. We have to know about what are the arkan of salah. Arkan is a plural of rukun. Rukun means pillar. What is a pillar to a building or to a structure? What is a pillar? It holds the structure. It supports the structure. Without the pillar, that structure cannot stand. So this means that there are certain parts of salah which are essential. Which means that if you were to miss them, if you were to leave them, even by accident, your salah would not be valid. So then the question is, what are the arkanu salah? Inshallah, I'll go over it in detail in just a minute. The second thing we have to know is, what are the wajibat of salah? What are wajibat? Wajib is what is? Obligatory. Meaning you must do it, you should do it to perfect your prayer. But if you were to accidentally miss it, your salah would still be valid. You cannot leave it deliberately, but if you were to miss it because of forgetfulness, your salah would still be valid. Now inshallah we will look at the wajibat also. But before that, let me tell you about the third thing, which is the sunan of salah. 
Sunan, of course, you know the meaning, the plural of sunnah. So you can look at this as those actions or wordings in salah, which we should say because the Prophet ﷺ said them or did them. But they're not like the arkan or the wajibat. Which means that if you were to leave them, even on purpose, your salah would still be valid. Is it getting too technical? Okay. I'm going to break it down further and I'm going to explain it to you in more detail. So this is something that's clear. When is sajda sahab to be performed? When the musalli, meaning the person who's praying inadvertently, adds to, misses, or is in doubt about certain actions in salah. Now the first thing is arkanus salah. Right? Arkanus salah. Arkan, like I mentioned to you, essentials of salah. The pillars of salah. Make sure you write these down in detail because if you understand this, inshallah, sajdatul sahu is going to become very simple for you. You won't be in confusion anymore. Try your best to understand this introduction and inshallah, the later topics will become easy for you. So the arkanu salah, like I mentioned to you earlier, are the pillars or essentials of salah without which salah is incomplete. What does that mean? That means that you cannot leave these parts of prayer deliberately or accidentally. If you leave it deliberately, what does it mean? Your salah is not valid. So for example, if you're praying and you're in your third rakah and you're like, you know what, I'm too tired to perform the fourth rakah, let me just finish here. No, your salah, it's not valid. So you cannot leave it deliberately. What if you left something of this by accident? Because you forgot. Now what? There is an issue, right? So this is where sajdatus sahu comes. Anshallah, we'll discuss the sajdatus sahu related to this in detail in a few moments. But for now, what exactly are the arkanu salah? Hmm? First of all, qiyam, standing. Remember we learned about this earlier? That you have to stand in prayer, right? In fard. And if you are not able to stand, only then you sit. Remember? We discussed this earlier. So standing in salah, this is of the arkan. Okay? For a person who is able to. Then saying Allahu Akbar at the beginning, takbiratul ihram, the opening takbir. If you just join the prayer behind the imam, in the sense that you're walking and as soon as you stand in the row, you put your hands on your chest, you don't even say Allahu Akbar. Mm-mm. You missed an essential of salah. You understand? You have to say Allahu Akbar and then join the prayer. You have to say Allahu Akbar and then you start the prayer. That's the way of entering the prayer. The third thing is reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. So in every rakah, you have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. This is of the Arkanu Salah. Then the fourth thing is Rukur. One Rukur in every rakah. Then rising from the Rukur. So basically, which is known as the Qawmah. Alright, some people call it the Qawmah, the short Qiyam. The standing between the Rukur and the Sajdah. If there's any term that you don't understand, please ask me right away. Don't wait till later. So rising from the Rukur, then standing up straight. Meaning when you do get up from Rukur, you have to stand up straight. You can't be like, okay, you get up from Rukur and barely stand up and go into Sajda. Right? You have to stand up straight. This is also the essentials of Salah. After that, Sujood. And of course, this includes the, the two sajda for every rakah. Then rising from sujood, 
sitting between the two sujood. Tama'nina. What is tama'nina? Tama'nina is to become still in every position before moving to the next. Which means that for example, when you go into rukur, you don't do a rolling stop. Okay? Or you just touch your knees and get up right away. No, you have to come to a complete stop when you go into rukur. Even if that complete stop is for two seconds, it has to be a complete stop. Okay? Before you move to the next position. So this is tama'nina. Remember the hadith where a man prayed and then he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said salam and the Prophet ﷺ told him, Irji' fasalli, go back and pray because you have not prayed. So the man went and prayed again and the Prophet ﷺ told him to repeat his prayer again. And this happened multiple times until the man finally said, teach me how to pray. And then the Prophet ﷺ taught him over there that he should become still in every position of salah. So this is also of the arkanu salah. Then the final tashahud, sitting in the final tashahud, and not just the saying of the tashahud, but also the sitting. And then of course the two salam, and the order of these arkan. The order of these arkan is also essential. So these are the arkanu salah. The second thing is the wajibatul salah, the obligatory parts of the prayer. And what are these? What are these? They are those actions which should not be left, meaning they cannot be left deliberately. But if you do leave them out of forgetfulness, your salah would still be valid. What are they? Firstly, saying the takbir other than the first takbir. Okay, the first takbir, takbiratul ihram, is what? A rukun of salah. But what about the takbir of going into rukur? So for example, you finished your surah, and you just went straight into rukur, and when you're in your rukur, you're like, I didn't say Allahu Akbar. Hmm? You forgot to say it. Is your salah still valid? Is it? Is it still valid? Yes, it is. Because this is of the wajibat, which if you leave by accident, your salah is still valid. Correct? Okay. Likewise, the takbir of going into sajda, getting up from sajda, all the takbirat are of the wajibat, except for the first one. Secondly, saying, Sami'allahu liman hamida. This is also of the wajibat of salah. Meaning, on getting up from rukur, Sami'allahu liman hamida. Allah hears the one who praises him. Now, of course, this has to be answered, right? So you have to say some words of hamd. So for instance, رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدُ or اللَّهُمَّ رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدُ There's four versions of this. This is also wajib. In rukur, saying سُبْحَانُ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمُ At least once, this is also wajib. In sajda, saying سُبْحَانُ رَبِّيَ الْأَعْلَى This is also wajib. Between the two sajdas, saying Rabbi at least once. This is also wajib. But this means that if you forget to say, or you don't know, is your salah still valid? Yes. Then saying the first tashahud. Which one is the first tashahud? In the second rakah. Meaning the prayer in which you're performing four rakat, sitting in the second one, 
This is the first tashahud. So this is of the wajibat of salah. Which means that if you miss it by accident, does that happen sometimes? You're getting up from the sajda, you were supposed to sit, but you just stood up. And then when you're in your ruku, you're like, this is my third rakah. Did I sit for the shahud? I didn't. Now what do I do? Freeze. Yeah? If you were to miss it by accident, is your salah still valid? Is it still valid? You answer me now. Yes, it is. But then what do you have to do? Inshallah, we'll talk about that very soon. And then of course, sitting for the first shahud also. This is also important. Not that you stand up in your third rakah and you're like, let me save time, we'll just say the, the shahud here. No, you have to sit and say it. Then we have the sunan of salah. And the sunan of salah can be in two categories. The first category is the sunnah words. Those statements which are masnoon to say in salah. What are these words? Of course, at the beginning of salah, there is a dua of istiftah. Which dua is this? There is many duas. Like for example, Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya. Any other? Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Right? Any other? Inni wajahtu. Right? There's different versions. So saying dua istiftah. This is also, this is masnoon. Before this, before we begin with the list, a recap quickly, what is a sunan of salah? Those actions or words which the Prophet ﷺ did in salah, we should do them. But if you leave it by accident or even on purpose, your salah is still valid. What do you mean you can leave it on purpose? What do you mean you can leave it on purpose? When we were studying Kitab al-Tahajjud, did we learn that the Prophet ﷺ performed such light, short, two rak'ah that Aisha radiallahu anha wondered if he recited Surah Al-Fatiha or not? But then how did he do it? Perhaps he did not recite the istiftah. Because really sometimes you don't have that much time. So instead of leaving the salah entirely or delaying it from its proper time, you can leave what is not mandatory. So dua istiftah. Then saying ta'awud. Saying a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim after istiftah. Then saying bismillahir rahmanir rahim before Surah Al-Fatiha. Then after reciting Surah Al-Fatiha saying the Ameen. Then reciting a surah after Surah Al-Fatiha. Then for the Imam reciting out loud in certain prayers or reciting softly in certain prayers. Then saying, you know for example, what if you are praying behind an imam and it's asr prayer and he starts reciting Surah Al-Fatiha out loud? Hmm? It happened somewhere recently. I witnessed it. And then the imam was informed this is Salatul Asr. And then he became quiet. Okay. Now, what does it mean? Do they have to do Sajdatul Sahu at the end? Or do they not have to do Sajdatul Sahu? So inshallah we'll talk about that. We have to be clear about these issues. Then we have saying after the tahmid, meaning on getting up from rukur, when you say Samiallahu liman hamida rabbana lakal hamd, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih, or mil as samawat wa mil al ard wa mil amashitta min shayin bardu. These are all words that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say. Saying tasbih more than once in rukur, saying tasbih more than once in sujood. Saying, Rabbi ghfirli, more than once in jalsa. 
And then lastly, sending salat on the Prophet ﷺ. And about this, I want you to make a certain note that many scholars actually consider this to be wajib. Okay, so you can put this in both categories, in the wajib and also in the sunnah. Sunnah actions. What are those actions which the Prophet ﷺ did perform? And if you leave them by accident, it would not invalidate your prayer. They are raising of the hands with the opening takbir placing the right hand over the left, then looking towards the place of prostration, standing with the feet apart, raising of the hands when going in rukur. So as you can see, there is 18 of them. And inshallah, this PDF will be shared with you, so you can complete your notes from there also. But just to make it clear before we continue, there are some differences of opinion with regards to some of these actions. Meaning some scholars will say, that some of these actions are not just of the sunan, they are of the wajibat or of the arkan. There is a difference of opinion and you should be aware of that and you should be open to that. But the main thing, the reason why I wanted to go over this with you is so that you should know which actions of salah are non-negotiable and which actions of salah are sort of negotiable. Non-negotiable means you cannot leave them even by mistake. Correct? And the negotiable ones, what does it mean? If you were to leave them by mistake, your salah is still valid. So now, the main issue here, reasons for performing sajdatus sahu. Any question so far before we continue? Yeah, go ahead. The question of a surah after Fatiha not being uh, something that you have to do. I'm a bit okay. confused about that. You should do it. All right. You should recite a surah after Surah Al-Fatiha. However, if you forget to, or if you are in a rush, like for example, it may happen with you that you come into the masjid to attend the class, but as you enter, the class also begins. Now, the class also you should not miss. And your tahiyyatul masjid also you should not miss. Right? So before you sit down, what do you do? You perform two rak'ah. But if you start reciting a surah now, it will take you longer. So can you shorten your prayer without missing any of the essentials? Yes, you can. So here you should know what are those essentials which I have to perform. And which are those actions which I can leave if I'm in a rush. What we do is, in situations like this, we leave the tahiyyatul masjid completely. Hmm? We leave it completely. We should not leave it completely. We should perform it, shorten it in the sense that perform only the essentials, but don't, don't leave it altogether. So remember that there are three reasons for performing sujood sahu What are they? The first sabab is ziyada. Okay? Ziyada means to increase, to add to. So for example, a person performs something extra in the salah due to forgetfulness. Like an extra rak'ah, an extra sajda, or an extra sitting. All of these things can happen. An extra rukur. This can happen. Now, what if a person adds something deliberately I really want to do another rukur. You know, my first rukur was just not okay. I want to do another one before I go into sajda. Can you do that? La, you cannot do that. And if you were to do that, 
then that would make your salah problematic in the sense that it would be invalid. Why? Because you're adding something to the prayer that Allah and His Messenger have not ordained. And the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever does an action that is not part of this matter of ours, meaning it's not part of the deen, then that action will be rejected. So if you add something to the prayer on purpose, on purpose, you are changing the salah. Alright? And if you're changing it, then it's not accepted. Okay? It would be invalid. Now, what if you add something by mistake? Out of forgetfulness. Then, this is where sajdatu sahu is to be performed. You don't quit. You don't freeze. You don't get frustrated. What do you do? You just carry on. You complete your salah. And then, inshallah we'll talk about sajdatu sahu. So for example, if you got up for the fifth rak'ah, and you have recited Surah Al-Fatiha. Now what are you going to do? Just carry on. Okay? Carry on, sit in the shahud, and complete your prayer. But don't go on performing an entire rak'ah. You're standing in Surah Al-Fatiha, fifth rak'ah. So what are you going to do? Complete what you're saying, not like in the middle. Okay? Just complete what you're saying, the ayah or the surah, and sit straight in the shahud. Don't go do rukur, get up, sajda, sajda, no. Go straight to the, to what? The shahud, and then complete your prayer. So this is in the case of adding something by mistake. And remember that you will do sajda to sahu after the taslim. Okay? Inshallah we'll talk about that later also. In a hadith we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ performed five rak'at for dhuhr, and when he finished the prayer, the people asked him that has something been added to the prayer? And he said, why are you asking? And the people told him that you performed five rak'at. So the Prophet ﷺ turned towards the qibla and performed two sajda. So then, what do we understand? If you add something to the prayer, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? Sajda to sahu. Clear? Write this down as a complete sentence. If you add something to the prayer by mistake, what to do? Sajdatu sahu. Okay? Alright. The second case is where you leave something out. There is naqs. What does naqs mean? That you omit something. And this can be of three kinds. The first type would be leaving a rukun. Remember Arkanu Salah? Leaving a rukun. The second type would be leaving a wajib. And the third type would be leaving a sunnah. Right? Now this is why I went over those three categories. Okay? This is relevant to naqs. Okay. The first type is naqs of a rukun. Meaning you omit an essential part of the prayer. Like for example, you miss an entire rak'ah. You miss Suratul Fatiha. You miss the final tashahud. You just sit up and you say salam. Hmm? You miss sajda. You miss rukur. You miss getting up from rukur. These things can happen. So if you miss a rukun of salah, remember 
that performing sajdatu sahu alone is not enough you have to do two things here firstly you have to do what you missed you have to perform what you have missed because it's a rukun it's a pillar right and then secondly you have to perform sajdatu sahu also for naqs of a rukun what two things you have to do yes i want to make sure that you're understanding what i'm saying okay so for missing a rukun what two things do you have to do you have to make up what you missed and secondly you have to perform sajdatu sahu performing sajdatu sahu alone is not enough so for example if you missed your rukur all right you missed a rak'ah and you're sitting in tashahhud and you're like okay i missed my fourth rak'ah well forget about it i'm done now no you cannot forget about it you have to perform the rak'ah that you missed and then you do the salam okay and then of course you also have to do sajdatu sahu yes If I realize I only prayed three rak'ah for duhur and I already did my two salams, should I start over and pray four rak'ah or I will only pray okay, one? Okay, good question. Now, how exactly do you do it? Right? How do you make up what you missed? We'll just discuss that, okay? So, there's two possibilities here. One possibility is that you remember soon after. Okay? You remember soon after. So, for example... Give me an example of a rukun of salah. Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay? So for example, you read your istiftah, okay? And from that you go straight to the surah and you realize that you missed Surah Al-Fatiha. You're still standing in qiyam. So what are you going to do? You're going to stop reciting your surah. You're going to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. And then you're going to do your surah. What if you miss rukur? And you remember that you missed your rukur when you are in sajda. You completed your surah and you went straight into sajda. You missed the rukur. So what do you do? What do you do here? What you will do is, there's one point that you have to remember. Actually, before I explain to you, there's one more possibility that I want to mention. Okay? It's a little technical and I don't want to bombard you with information because it can get confusing. Right, I'm sure you're already kind of there, but I'm trying my best to avoid any confusion. So uh, one situation is that you remember within the right window. So if you remember that you've missed a rukun within the right window, what do you do? You go back, perform what you missed, and then from there you continue your prayer. But if you've missed that window... Okay, you've missed that window, then the thing is that your entire rak'ah is invalid. Okay? There is no rak'ah without a rukur. There is no rak'ah without sajda. There is no rak'ah without surah al-fatiha. You understand? If you missed an essential, a pillar, that structure is not there. Alright? So if you remember it during the time of construction, you can fix it. But if you remember later, then it's no good. You have to repeat that entire rakah. Now the question is, what is that window? You understand? 
What's that window? What's that time frame within which if you remember, you can rewind, perform what you missed, and then continue with your prayer. What is that time frame? That time frame is that same point in prayer in the following rakah. Okay? According to many scholars, it is the same point in salah in the following rakah. So for example, you recited your surah and you went into sajda. Alright? And then you got up from sajda, you went back into sajda. And then in your second sajda, you remember, I missed my rukur. What are you going to do? You're going to get up right from there, do your rukur, okay? Get up from rukur, and then carry on. But what if you remember that you missed your rukur when you're sitting for tashahud or in your last rakah? Then what? You have to make up that entire rakah. Okay? Likewise, what if after you finished your prayer, your friend tells you, you didn't do your rakah, you know? Your rukur. You didn't do your sajda. You understand? So now the time is over. You cannot fix what you missed. So what do you have to do? You have to perform the entire rakah. So to simplify this, if you remember that you missed a rukun, within that rakah, you can perform that rukun and continue with your salah. If you remember that you missed the rukun after that rakah, then you have to perform the entire rakah. Can somebody repeat what I said? So that I know you understood me? Anybody? Yes? So if you remember the rukun that you missed within the window, mm-hmm. then you can perform the missed rukun and then carry on with your salah. If you remember after the window, then you need to make up the entire rakah. Yeah, and what is the window? From the same point that you missed to the same point after, in the next rakah. In the following rakah. Okay, any question about this? Go ahead. to the next point. So if I forgot the ruku and then I went and I did it and then I went to Surah Fatiha but I remembered if I forgot the ruku like you said and went straight to Sajda and then I got up but I still didn't remember until Surah Fatiha like mm-hmm. I was reading it would I go directly into ruku and then get up back for Surah Fatiha? Yeah, or? because you haven't reached that same point yet. Okay. But also remember that with Surah Fatiha your next rakah has begun. Yep. So you could also continue with your prayer as is mm-hmm. and then just perform one more rakah at the end. Okay? Alright. Now, inshallah, more questions will be answered. Okay? Let's continue. The second possibility is that you miss a wajib. You miss a wajib. Same thing, if you leave it deliberately, remember salah is invalid, but if you leave it by accident, then there are Two possibilities. If you leave it by accident, then if you remember within the right time, you can perform it. And when you perform it, there is no sajda sahu. This is the difference. Okay? For the first one, meaning for the rukun, if you miss, what do you have to do? You have to make it up and do sajda sahu. For the wajib, if you miss, you just make it up and there is no sajda sahu. Okay? If you remember within the right window. 
Alright? But what if you don't remember till later? Then only sajda sahu. You don't have to repeat the whole rakah. Okay? An example of this, the Prophet ﷺ was performing salah and he missed the first tashahud. And remember what I said? The first tashahud is wajib, but it's not a rukun of salah. So the Prophet ﷺ only performed sajda to sahu. So when we're talking about wajibat of salah, then remember that sajda sahu alone will suffice. Alright? When we're talking about arkanu salah, sajda sahu alone will not suffice. Clear? See the difference now? What's the difference? Somebody tell me. If you miss a rukun, sajda sahu will suffice or not? No. If you miss a rukun, sajda sahu will not suffice. It's not enough. You have to perform what you missed. Right? But if you miss a wajib, then sajda sahu alone is enough. Okay. And I gave you an example. What about when you miss a sunnah? You can leave it on purpose also. Right? So what does it mean? That there is no sajda sahu for that. The thing is that I've seen some people perform sajda sahu like in almost every salah. For example, like I remember even for myself, somebody had scared me so much that I used to think that if I mess up in my recitation even, hmm, then I have to do sajda sahu. And I thought my tajweed is not perfect, right? So since my tajweed is not perfect, I am certainly making mistakes in my recitation. So when I'm making mistakes in my recitation, I have to do sajda sahu. So always to be on the safe side, sajda sahu at the end of salah. But that's not okay. Because you're always in doubt about your prayer. You're never getting that sense of accomplishment. Right? And that's not a good feeling at all. Imagine realizing that every time you do something... You finish it with that realization, I've messed it up. I'm not good enough. I, I can never do it right. Right? This is not a good state of being. Correct? So, sajda sahu is not for everything. Okay? Now, what about when you're in doubt? Shak. What does it mean by this? That you are in doubt about whether or not you did something. Okay? You're in doubt about whether or not you did something. Now, there are two possibilities. The first possibility is that you are, you know, it's not like a 50-50, you're more like 60-40. Right? So for example, you are pretty sure that you did perform full rakat. Like you're pretty sure. But then that thought is coming, what if you didn't? Right? Maybe I didn't. But you are sure because you remember reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. And you remember that in your third rakar you did something and in your fourth rakar you did something else. So you see, it's not a 50-50. Right? It's you are leaning more towards one side. Okay? So where you are leaning more towards one side, you will continue your salah based on that. Okay? Based on what is more likely. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that when one of you has a doubt in his prayer, then he should go according to what is more likely. Okay? And then he should complete the prayer and say the salam. 
and then he should perform two sajda. This is important. What do you do at the end? Two sajda, sajda sahu. The second possibility is, you're really not sure. You cannot figure out whether you perform three rakat or four rakat. Like you're really confused. And the more you think about it, the more confused you're getting. Right? So there, don't dwell on the problem. What are you going to do? You're going to continue on based on what is lesser. So for example, you're not sure whether you have done three or four rakat. So then what are you going to do? You're going to consider it to be three, perform one more rakat, and then of course at the end, there is also sajda sahu. Okay? Now before we continue, please tell me, in which situation do you have to do sajda sahu? 1A, 1B? 1A is ziyada deliberately. Is there any sajda sahu over here? No. Salah is invalid, please repeat. Right? What about 1B, where you do ziyada by accident? Is there sajda sahu here? Yes. The second one is naqs. Naqs of a rukun. Naqs of a rukun. Do you have to do sajda sahu here? Yes. And make up what you missed. What about the second one, naqs of a wajib? Naqs of a wajib. What do you have to do here? Only sajda sahu. Right? What about naqs of a sunnah? No sajda sahu. Right? What about shak? In both of the cases, you have to do sajda sahu. Yeah? In the naqs of a rukun and the naqs of a wajib, if you remember within the time frame, like, uh, yeah, like you perform within the window, mm-hmm. then you just repeat it and then you don't have to do the sajda sahu? Okay. For naqs of a rukun, you perform what you missed mm. and you do sajda sahu. Even if you remember it like just instantly after, okay. Still you have yeah. to. Because you did not perform the order, perform the rituals in the right order. Okay. And so there the, is some khalal over there, there is some deficiency over there. Okay. And for the wajib, even if you remember it like instantly within the time frame that you told, still? Yeah, you can do it. Okay. Right? You can perform it there. And if you don't perform it, you don't have to make it up. But at the end there is... Sajda Sahal. Sajda Okay. All right. Okay. Let's look at some ahadith. All right. We only have about 20 minutes left. Let's look at some ahadith. And inshallah with that, things will become clearer to you. The reason why I gave the super long introduction is so that the rest of the chapter can become easy for you. And if, you know, this discussion confused you, I'm sorry. And I hope that inshallah the ahadith will make things clear to you. Okay.